Hey, this is Sly in the Morning. I've been annoying people in Madison for many years. You're listening to WSUM 91.7 FM, Madison Student Radio. Fabulous WSUM Madison Studios, it's Do It Live, hosted by the Do It Geeks. Today's topic is technology and the performing arts, how all the men and women in black make all that backstage magic look good out front for the audience. Joining us in studio, from Do It, John Minor and Sasha Arano, along with our regular geeks, Ty Christian, Teresa Saldana, and Adam Wiesenfar. And now, broadcasting live and local on 91.7 FM and streaming worldwide on WSUM.org, please help me welcome my co-host, Ty Christian. Welcome to Do It Live, the most connected radio show on the planet, where we will tenaciously talk tech for an hour. And I am Ty Christian. Welcome to our show. 
joined with me as always. Well, not quite as always, and so not to, for the last two weeks, but now he is back, Mr. Adam Wiesenfarth. Ty, what a pleasure. It good is to be good. back. Yeah, it is good to be back. You, you survived the Antarctic. You, fight, you fought off the pirates. Flights uh, out of the Antarctic are amazingly hard to get. Oh, man, I, I tell you. You wouldn't imagine. And with us, uh, not quite as always, but perhaps soon as always, I don't know, is, is our, it's our regular guest geek, Teresa Saldana. <laughs> Hi. So how's it going today, Teresa? Things are going well, very how's, well. How's things in the tech world? Well. Ones and zeros? There, no. Well, there's there is a a goodbye that's being issued uh, uh -oh. for QR codes. Oh, what? You guys know what those are? What? Those cute little, the you know. The 2D barcodes. Yeah, the, yeah, those little little barcode things, little square ones that you see everywhere, and you yeah. can walk up to it with your phone and oh. take a picture of it. Oh, and then like it'll, with like, the cell phone. Yeah, and it'll launch a little website. Well, They use those in Japan quite a bit. Well, I mean, they use them here, too. Well, apparently but... Google is axing support for them. What? So You're saying they're big in Japan, Ty? Oh, they are big in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, they use them every Sorry. All the, they use them all the time there. Well, apparently they're not big with Google anymore. What? So it looks like they're they're going the way of the dodo. Really? Right there with the Zune. Bye. <laughs> so so that could be I mean, could it be a situation where Apple could use them but Android phone wouldn't or something like that? I mean, what do you think? I don't know. Huh. I was I don't know. I used to see them around and I I've never used them. I don't I don't get what the big deal is. <laughs> I get, well, mostly, most of the time, they're, they're the things where you're looking at an advertisement, and it's like, you know, for more information, put your mobile phone up to this, and click the button, and it will automatically, you know, isn't, isn't that what it is? Well, and there's all sorts of... Yeah. I really haven't used them either. And there's all sorts of different flavors, because there's the ones which are what I think of as straight-up 2D barcodes, which look like a square with mm -hmm. a bunch of little black and white squares inside of it, but there's uh -huh. also the ones with the colored triangles. Have you seen those? Oh, no, I haven't. Yeah, there's different kinds of, mm -hmm. of quick... So it basically all it does is it opens up a web page on your mobile device. Your your device, your iPhone, your Android phone takes a little picture and it decodes what's in that code and right. says, go to this website right. right now. Well, the way that I look at it is here, here's a voluntary way to have advertisements thrown at you. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, but at least it's opt-in rather than having to do the other way, which is you get spammed and then you That's have to true. say no, which is opt-out. Eh, I guess. True. So... That, so All right. Whatever. Was that was that the start of our official uh, news segment? No, that was that was not the start of our official uh, news segment because there was not official news music. That oh, oh so, no! I, see, I was I was confused about that. Can yes. we get? Can we I'm get? Sorry. Uh, wait. Let me uh, in my in my deep booming radio voice. Teresa Saldana with the news. Oh, okay. All now right. it's now it's time. okay. Now, now it's official. Now it's news time. Okay. Well, we did cover QR codes, so that's uh, that's taken care of. <laughs> Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about was the the Amazon cloud. Seems like everybody's coming out with clouds these days. To the cloud, exactly. That's that's uh, somebody so else's slogan. So now Amazon has Amazon's. its own cloud, which you can get one for free. Can, you can get one. It's it's five gigs. Zero dollars. Exactly. Zero dollars. You can get a free cloud. So huh? if you've never had a cloud before, your your very own cloud, there, you can get one through Amazon now. There's none outside right now because it's gorgeous outside. <laughs> Random. Sorry, y'all. Thanks for the meteorology hey, jokes there, it's, Adam. It's 44 ah. degrees in Madtown today. Yeah. Actually, it is It is actually 44 degrees, and it's 2.06 p.m. right here in fabulous Madison, Wisconsin. We're here in the WSUM studios. There's way more people here than, than have already talked on the radio, but we're going to get to them in a minute. So what yeah. else is going on in news today, Teresa? 
What else is going on? Well, wait, oh, let's touch on this oh, Amazon yeah, cloud. We should talk okay. about a little bit. I'm sorry, I'm trying because, to get into radio mode here. Because I mean, uh, this is this is pretty interesting. Apparently, uh, and I don't want to steal your thunder or no, anything, but okay. I read about this a little bit. Sure. You get you get uh, so you know you basically get an upload space where you can put uh, MP3s uh, mm-hmm. with Amazon. Mm-hmm. You get five gigs free, and if you buy MP3s through Amazon in the first you know X. I think it's like X months or in a year, I think maybe. You get yeah, by tw- December 31st. Oh, okay, if you so buy you an MP3 album, you get uh, 20 gig storage base for a year for free. Yeah, so oh. you up it from 5 to 20 gigs. And apparently it's supposed to like uh, uh, connect with your Amazon... Uh, what is it? You, you can do Amazon apps and you can listen to MP3s via the cloud just about anywhere. You can share MP3s. Could, could yeah, though actually if you buy MP3s through their store uh-huh. and you have it in your in your digital locker, your cloud... It doesn't actually count towards your storage space. Oh, that's cool. So, <laughs> let, let me. Uh, so, uh, you, that's one of the things that Amazon is touting, right? Is mm-hmm. the the whole you can put your music up there and you can do your own thing. I would refer folks to a little website that I love. It's called the Register, and it's a news site out of Britain. And and aptly enough, we do have a gentleman here also from Britain, Mr. Tom Steer, who's going to chat with us in a little bit. Uh, But they have this uh, article, and I'm just going to quote the title. This is not my opinion. This is the register. Cloud music lockers. Who freaking cares? (laughs) Why don't they care about it? Yeah. What's the big deal? So the big deal is that cloud storage and, and this is my whole thing with the cloud and I wanted to explain this for a while the cloud is really just a brand right folks it's not an actual thing it's just something business has made up to conglomerate a bunch of services into something that's usually said it's the cloud well sure it's a concept right it's a concept sure. so it's it's basically having stuff available to you on the internet anytime anywhere as right. long as you have an internet connection yeah. which you could do 15 or 20 years ago and this is what this article points out with something called an FTP or a file transfer protocol sure but account. they're making it very easy for end users to access it and well, now and we have internet speeds where it's it's feasible to do it's something true, like that. It's true, but this it's like, they're like this is news, but it's not. Dot Mac has been doing this, or in, in its previous thing, I forget what it was called, but the Apple ser- cloud based service, Mobile Me, Mobile Me. Thank yeah. you. Yes, Dot Mac is what it used to be. It's now Mobile Me. Mm-hmm. And so, right. But this is free. It is free, that's right? True. And and it's not, you know, I mean, with Mobile Me, that's very Mac centric. Amazon, a lot of people use Amazon. Yeah, and, and they have all of that high performance computing stuff with the uh, S2 or C3 or G5 or whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, you can you can st- you you have you can. Are we buy just throwing s- out acronyms now? Because uh- my DTW is all F. <laughs> TA, I'm telling you that <laughs> right now. We'll have that in our TLA corner later. But you know what? I, I got to say, for anybody with enough nerd cred in a particular subject, anything is going to be old news. So yeah, you, can, really. you, can be like, right. you can be like, Dublin or cheese? Yeah, Come on. It's, I mean, that like it's, 15 it's like, years ago. Don't you read cheese monthly? Right. It's like, it's, it's, to me, it's like when the iPad came out and a lot of, a lot of us geeks over at Do It said, well, what's the big deal? Oh, yeah. But actually, to the end user, it just it's because it makes these services so brain dead simple to access and use that's the point we've got an ipod right here and we're using it for funny funny sounds See? i just i just ipaded you just ipaded i just ipaded <laughs> i'm gonna do it again stop stop verbing oh yeah well google we made it so ha- you know google made it so easy to verb things i, I thought so that's what Facebook. we do in technology we've you know uh, i posted Lord. a youtube on the facebook 
I can't. I don't, uh, that's not a good verb. That's anyway, we should get to our guests that we have here in the yeah, studio. Yeah, definitely. Because we have we have somebody, uh, a, a distinguished gentleman here from England, Tom Steer, as I did mention before. Um, Tom, why don't you just pull that microphone a little bit closer to your your face there? Thank you. And oh, thank you. And um, he works at Electronic Theater Controls, which is a company that's headquartered in Middleton, Wisconsin, and they make a lot of different stuff. But I, I was trying to figure out what we should talk to you about, and I thought to myself, well, we should go with something a little bit more basic that somebody would understand who's just the average Joe on the street. And so I wanted to ask you, what is a dimmer? All right. Well, I think a lot of people are already somewhat familiar with dimmers. It's the little knob you have in the house that you uh, you turn it, and it adjusts the brightness. Usu- usually it's attached to the chandelier in the dining yeah, room or something like that. That's the one. Usually but what we use to create mood lighting. Exactly, exactly. And, of course, you need to do the same thing in a theater. You need to create... Uh, you need to create a mood, but it's on a slightly bigger scale. Right. Uh, so whereas your average light bulb in a house might be 40 or 60 or at the extreme end 100 watts, the minimum size that a fixture has that your company makes is 575 watts, That's and more right. commonly people use 750-watt fixtures as well. That's, yeah. So we're talking nearly an order of magnitude larger That's right. and, and brighter. And, and we actually, <clears throat> our fixtures are relatively energy-efficient. Um, in older systems, it was fairly common to use up to, you know, 2,000 or even 5,000 watt individual light bulbs. So yeah, and that's that was bright. pretty standard. And I, I'm sorry, we're, we're talking about our live performance show. That's what we're doing today, folks. And it's uh, all sorts of theatrical aspects and, and things that you might not necessarily think of. But it, it sort of revolves around lighting sound and video which are all very technological electrically connected things yeah you might say to yourself you know like well adam i'm a theater major and i a theater to me is about acting so is i time and about acting but actually there's a lot of you know there's a lot of uh, stuff that goes on behind the scenes a lot of tech stuff that a lot of people don't know about when they go to their favorite opera they go out to see their favorite uh I don't know, uh, their favorite play. Even, you know, music concerts, too. Lots of tech in there. You know, lots of lighting, lots of sound, mm-hmm. lots of video. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's what we're talking about today. So, yeah. anyway, sorry to barge in here. Yeah, but. we just sort of wanted to tell you folks, because if you're just tuning in, you know, it's kind of a weird topic to just be talking about lighting and dimmers. Uh, but, but one of the really cool things about that is if you dim a light, you automatically save energy, right? That's true, yeah. The more you dim it, the, the more energy you save. And that's not just applicable in theatres. We see a lot of architectural systems, you know, in office buildings where you've got windows with daylight coming in, so you may want to dim the lights down a bit during the day, save some energy because you've got the daylight right there. Yeah, or you can do it on a more simpler scale if you have uh, a fixture that has two light bulbs and you only turn one of them mm-hmm. on instead of both of them. Yeah. But if you have your light at, say, 80% versus having it full or 100%, you still get most of your light output out of a light bulb, do, do you not? You certainly do, yeah. And then you're saving 20% on, percent on energy, and you actually are also extending the life of your light bulbs, and I don't think people know this. Yeah, that's true. It's actually a very common thing to do in in, in systems where you really need to conserve the amount of energy going to lamps. Um, we worked on a, a very large system uh, for lighting. It's actually, I believe, the world's second largest mosque. And this is something we did. We saved them a whole lot of energy by just dropping the brightness of the down, lights down by a few percent. Sure. Um, That's great. And we talk about this in a theatrical lighting setting. It's something called an incandescent lamp or your what people would think of as their standard traditional regular light bulb right and and in a lighting in a theatrical or a um, a stage lighting or a television studio it's all the same kind of thing but it's they're a little bit souped up 
little different technology in the lamps, but it's the same principle. So I, for instance, in my house, folks, I went and I counted, I have 10 dimmers in my house. That's a lot of dimmers. It is a lot. And you know what? Even more, how nerdy it is, they're remote controlled. Whoa. Whoa. Do you have it hooked up to your to your iPad so you can iPad it? I do not. However, in my basement, with my remote that I use for my TV, I can turn on and off my lights and set dimming things to have mood lighting and stuff like that. So, and it I did, hope I hope it turns on a, like a radio that goes like <laughs> at the same time. You know, let's get some funk music on there. <laughs> it doesn't quite yet, but someday automation. It's someday great. we'll have the technology. And it's, it's kind of the same thing that happens in a theater or again in a television studio or wherever there's big lighting. There's automated things that turn on and off these dimmers. But that's true. Although, again, I've got to say it's on a slightly larger scale than your house. Um, a, a typical opera house that we work on might have of the range of, you know, 800 to 1,000 individual dimmers in there. Um, so you have a lot of places where you can connect your lights to, so you can get that ideal position for the light to hit the actor in just the way that you want. Mm -hmm. um, and you have those options right there. Yeah, and there's a lot of flexibility with a theatrical lighting fixture that there isn't with your typical home light fixture in terms of how much you can crop the light and change its quality right. and you things like that. You can change the size, the shape of the beam, how hard or soft the edge is. Yeah. Um, there's a whole lot of, of different tools available in theater lights wow. to help you get that. You know, I would sit here and talk all day to you, and I'm sure most of our other guests in here would too, but we're out of microphones. So we, we're going to have to let you go here. But uh, we wanted to thank you very much. Um, and again, Tom Steer from ETC. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. And we wanted to also tell you that we are the most connected radio show on the planet right here. There are 16 different ways you can get in contact with us right now on the radio. Uh, the best way to do it is go on our website. It's www.doit.wist.edu forward slash radio you can also give us a call right now in the studio at 608-515-8768 that's 608-515-8768 it's not a toll-free call but if you have a cell phone it may as well be so uh and the other thing you can do is you to drop us an email it's radio at doit.wist.edu that's radio as in what you're listening to at doit division of information technology dot wisc wisconsin dot edu education that's what we do and with that i think we're going to take us a little break here right ty that is correct and what else are we going to talk about today? When we get back, we're going to talk more about, uh, well, about theater, uh, about sound and lighting, about technology behind that. We're going to do some Stump the Geek. So if you guys have a uh, question, a query, a quandary, a quagmire, go ahead and call us and try to stump the geek. Uh, that see if sounds you can like a great idea. See if you can stump me. See you, if you can stump Teresa. You can even come and join the party in the studio with That's us. That's right. If you're, if you're around, go ahead and come in. But basically, the person who calls in and has the best question or the best topic for a future show will receive a gift certificate to a place that sells uh, caffeinated beverages for the morning. They tend to be warm caffeinated beverages. That's yes. right. Excellent. And it's a large amount of money, so you'll you know it's not like we're not going to give you like a three dollar gift certificate. Nope. It's in the in the range of uh, you know. It, it, uh, look it is at you know double digits. Look down at your your bills if you see Andrew Hamilton on there. I mean, you might be you know close. Andrew Jackson might be a little closer. Yeah, uh, we'll see. You know uh, what is it? Uh, Grant too 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 much too much too much no Grant. Thanks, Ty. You bet.
Hello, this is Alec Baldwin Club for Save the Manatee Club. In an animated TV show, I was the voice of a dedicated, imperiled marine biologist saving Florida's bald manatees. It was a lot of serious fun, but there's a side too. Seriously, many of these gentle marine mammals suffer injuries or die from boat strikes, and their habitat is being tragically lost. Manatees seriously need your help. Please call 1-800-432-JOIN or visit www.savethemanatee.org. Manatees are serious fun. And welcome back to Do It Live. We're right here talking on the radio about technology and the performing arts. We've got in studio with us Sasha Arano, is that correct? Yep. Excellent. John Miner, who we'll talk to here shortly. Uh, we also have Teresa Saldana, who's our guest geek for the day. How you doing, Teresa? Doing very well. Excellent. Hi. Hey. Well, hey. Hey, hey. It's good to be back. A lot of people were probably wondering what that last song was all about. That was a song by a band called Mr. Children. <laughs> And I must admit, I got into them uh, just because of the name. But uh, boy, I, I like a lot of their songs. I actually performed that uh, uh, at the like Japan thing. It was like you know fundraiser for Japan oh, yeah, tsunami you were relief. Us about that, I think that was in our podcast. Yeah, but that was not me singing that. Yeah, one. folks, you should go on our website too. We got we got podcasts, and not only the ones that we do on the air here, but we have some behind the scenes ones. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have our Tech One Hundred One podcast coming up soon too. www.doit.wis.edu forward slash radio. You can also hit us up on iTunes and iTunes U, and just search for Do It Live. You'll find us. We're right there. All right. Well, co- coming up next, we've got uh, some. We're talking. Well, we're talking more about uh, theater and technology in theater. So, uh, so, Sa- so Sasha, can you give us some uh, some of your background about uh, how you know about all of this sort of uh, fun stuff? I have a degree in theater and drama with an emphasis in lighting design from the University of Wisconsin Madison. Oh, cool. And do you, I mean, have you done a lot of uh, a lot of shows? Done lighting design and theatrical stuff for them? Could you define a lot? <laughs> uh, okay, well, t- how many? Okay, how many have you done? I've done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, close enough. Close enough. So, what's your favorite era? Uh, era. What is your favorite area? I meant to say of like backstage technology. Is it lighting? Is it? It's definitely lighting. Definitely. Okay. What lighting you, is the best. What do, what do you like so much about it? Uh, the ability to change the mood without having people realize you're doing anything. Because oh. you can do it very subtly. You can do it over 30 seconds or a minute. And, and yeah. it's never gotten, know. It's gotten darker and oh moodier. Gosh, the lights changed. Is that great? And what is the technology that you you deal with? You know, because I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that most people are sitting there going, "Oh, big deal!" You know, she's turning a light switch down. You know, that's not technology. You have light switches. No, you you have uh, something, and and Tom will know this. It's called a lighting desk, right? Yeah. And it's actually a giant board. It's not unlike what I'm sitting at over here with a bunch of faders and and buttons and stuff on it. And the the really cool thing about that is that you can then control several hundred lights all at the same time or individually depending on the setup and what I want to do with them. It's actually really, really fun. So it's a, like the computers and technology behind how you make everything look so cool Essentially, on stage. Essentially, it's one very specialized computer to run all the lights. They hook up to the dimmers and give us control individually, or you can group lights together. Now, are the are those are sort of technologies that you would use for you know theatrical use, are they different for, like, say, if you were running a rock show or something like that? Is, is it the same thing, different thing? 
similar things. Sometimes the same thing, depending on your rock show. If you've got a lot of automated lighting fixtures, you're going to need a more complicated lighting board, a more sophisticated computer with different controls. But again, going Again, again, going back to the, the more basic example of something somebody has at home, you can do rock and roll lighting with the same dimmers that are in your wall doing your chandelier if you really have to. If you really If you really have, have to. That's how to. we do it in the old school hardcore days. <laughs> but I would, I'd I would suggest as, getting something a little yeah. more complicated. I've got a random piece of hardware like that uh, sitting around in the back at uh, the Bartel right now that somebody built for some specific purpose yeah <laughs> Nef nefarious purposes i'm sure i would assume that you know um in the olden days or i guess in the lesser in the newer days you know because it's probably not not the technology behind you know doing the lighting is probably not that old but you know um people would probably do most of the lighting by hand you know using up the switches up and down that kind of stuff but most of it i, I would assume is computerized nowadays is that is that correct uh, yeah, I mean, it is computerized. Uh, oh, hey, Tom Tom, is, Tom's Sarah over can here. Comment on that uh, highly. Yeah, I can, uh, I can set that. Uh, no, no, it's not working over there. Sorry, oh, one of our no, microphones is down. One yeah, of let's our have microphone is dead, ties. so you're going to get... <laughs> All right, I'm back. Um, yeah, uh, the, um, the technology has actually changed quite a bit over the years. I remember my first ever rock show that I lit in, uh, oh, I guess that would be the, the mid-'80s, uh, was on a lighting board that didn't have any automated way to flash the lights. So I just sat there and pushed the button and pushed the button and pushed the button and ended up with a very sore wrist after uh, several hours of that. The technology for <laughs> the technology has come a, a, a really long way since then, and the automation in lighting, you can do some very cool stuff. And, and for reference, I used to do that at the uh, Luther's Blues, actually. Oh, yeah. And then Bob would occasionally do it as well. Yeah, and uh, also in studios with us is Bob Plankers, uh, who's not on microphone, but he could be. Holy, there he is. Uh, Bob Plankers is one of the systems engineers that do it, and he's also a heavily involved theater person as well. Yeah, I've done a bit over the... Yeah. Last ten years or so. Uh, so, but let's stay with the lighting theme here for just a moment because you could hit go a whole bunch of times, and there are go buttons on lighting boards. But sometimes you can really automate this, and um, a stage manager might have something just as simple as a joystick with a little firing button that can start a show and and keep it going. Right? Yeah, there's some there's some interesting technology that people are researching out there. Um, something I saw just recently was an automated spotlight. Uh, where the actor could place a radio transmitter in their pocket and then the spotlight would follow them yeah. around oh, the stage. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, there's some interesting things people are doing with the newer technology that's coming out, like uh, even down to iPods and iPhones, using the motion sensors in those, using the, the Microsoft uh, Kinect technology and that kind of stuff. Uh, I said it once, I'm going to say it again, and I will keep saying it. This is the year that technology works for us instead of the other way around. <laughs> so... That's that's my contention for the day. Uh, well, that's that's really great. We also have uh, unusually a guest on the phone. It's a caller. What is your name, please? Hey, you know this is Matt Rock. Matt Rock, our on-air producer, on the phone with us here, sir. How you doing? Doing well. I couldn't make it into the studio today because I'm actually playing stagehand and projectionist today in the outside world. Yeah, that's really cool. So, so that's and your sort of area, right? Is film and absolutely, absolutely. I'm actually um, um, I'm a member of the stagehands organization in, in town here today, and um, that's why I'm out for the day working for them actually as a projectionist. So by you're the way. you're you're threading by the way, with, with 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 the Robo Spotlight. Yeah, I will out spot up a robot. 
any day. That's and that's I'll put money on that. I, I t you know I was going to say to Tom that when I was familiar with this technology, which was several years ago, I knew it wasn't quite ready for prime time because it would sort of flicker back and forth if you couldn't decide if you were you know six inches to the left or six inches to the right, um, and that's one of these things that technology can do so much. But if you don't have a human touch, you really can't get that precise and that, dare I say, magic that sometimes yes. can happen in real performance. Incorrect. Incorrect. Adam Wiesenfarth, no, no you will be assimilated. <laughs> Incorrect. No robots can take over my position. By the way, um, the concept of applying an actual program to lighting, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that kind of the basis for the existence of electronic theater controls was actually building the computers? Um, I remember, I actually remember days as well of, of working on, on resistance dimmers where it was big handles sticking out of the wall and you crank the handle up to make the lights go on, crank it back down, make it go off. Um, but what I'm actually working on right now is the Wisconsin Film Festival, yeah. which is, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually spending the entire weekend running true, authentic 35-millimeter film and nothing but. The and old school the stuff like you used to shoot in your camera. hasn't changed in 100 years. Yeah. Is, I'm using new machines, but the technology has not changed in 100 years. It's it's the same stuff Eastman Kodak put out a century ago, essentially. I mean, it, with with some refinements. The uh, same same size does the same job, maybe made of different stuff. But yeah, a century ago the audio track wasn't in there. But yeah. Well, gee, Matt Rock, thanks for checking in. I really appreciate it. Hey, great show, you guys. All right, we'll see you soon. So uh, we do want to still talk to all of the other folks in studio. So, John, what's your specialty? What kind of things do you like to do in the land of live performance and, and theater technology? My specialty generally tends to be doing whatever Bob or uh, Tom tells me to. Uh, I stay out of the uh, actual design and programming side of things and generally stick to um, operating a wrench. You're in execution. You, you're, you're an engineer. You make things happen. John is very good at execution, actually. <laughs> he get, he does not give himself very much credit, but uh, he does as much design and and uh, operational stuff as anybody else, probably more, you know, and there's uh, all technical stuff, lighting especially is, you know, you got to make sure that cables don't come unplugged during shows. Yeah. You got to make sure everything's operational, and that's John's thing. You know, yeah. whenever I'm doing a lighting design with John, uh, when he's around, it's uh, a pleasure because I don't have to wonder about what you know if an instrument is going to work or not. You know, am I going to get light when somebody's singing or doing a monologue in the middle of the stage? You know, will they be in darkness? No. No, and the, and the other most important thing that John offers is a great backstock of equipment he can go get at a moment's notice to help us out. <laughs> yeah, well, I, between we, between Bob and I, we have all kinds of, and well, especially Tom, if uh, yeah. <laughs> Tom <laughs> helps out. <laughs> Tom Tom occasionally comes up with the very random pieces of equipment. Yeah, we one need. of the uh, the great things about working for a lighting company is I get involved in uh, beta testing every now and then, so I get to play with the new toys. Beta and we're always happy to help you. <laughs> Yeah, and and I should probably tell folks a little bit about why we selected some of these people here. It's because at Do It, imagine it, we have about six or seven hundred people, and even more if you count all the students. And every year we have a talent show. We've done this for about the last five years or so, 
and the folks who are sitting around this table here are very much involved with the talent show and I knew that they would be great to come and talk about this because it's something near and dear to my heart I do have a theater degree from the University of Wisconsin um, my fun job because of course as somebody who works in radio I don't have just one job I have two um, so I go and I mix live sound for bands on the weekends and that's something I very much enjoy doing if I could make my living at it I certainly would but um, unlike Tom I don't have a very nice company in town that makes world-class equipment to be able to do that so um, that's why we wanted to have all these folks in here so um, Ty I know you do a little bit of music stuff in that you record yourself occasionally right yeah now and again yeah, yeah and and that's one of the things that's great about not only the new media and this show and all that stuff, but it's the age of self-production. So if you want to record yourself and record your band, you can pretty much do it in your basement. Oh, you can do it easily. Yeah, people and, uh, are doing it with iPads now. Yeah, I've seen that. Not that's... only not only music, but we're also talking movies. There was there's actually a new app that's out uh, for iPads, iPods. Uh, I believe it's called um, Goldilocks. I think it's called, mm. and it's a movie that they now that they get this. They actually shot and edited it on an iPhone completely. On an iPhone or an iPad, yeah. there was it never touched a computer. It, it was all you know inside of that, and they distribute it on the Apple Network. So this, it's, this is like a new genre of of trying to do low budget on a theme. So the iPhone camera on the, on an iPhone four is very good. Yeah, mm -hmm. some of the other cameras on other Apple products are not so good. <laughs> We will For varying definitions of good and camera, Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know that, that's that's something that I have actually seen. Also, you know, uh, semi-professional production companies when they're looking for like kind of a real you know quote unquote real look they will use the phone on their camera and they will import that into their footage and it's like oh you know it's uh, it, it it makes it look more gritty and more yeah something one, like that. One of my favorite things uh, that I've seen in recent times that talks about that is Snoop Dogg's video which looks like it was run through a VHS tape recorder, a beta tape recorder from like 1982. And I'm sure some of it was put through what we would call analog VHS or, or some other kind of tape. Uh, but there's no way to, to not have that. I mean, th there's certain parts of that look that you can only achieve by running it through the particular medium. So Yeah. Anyhow... Um, <laughs> We, we, we kind of came in without a script today, a which tangent. is not very good for theater people. I yeah. know. I'm sorry, folks. Well, let's, let's go back to talking. I, I want to talk a little bit more about you know, We've got so much um, expertise around the table in terms of the technology. You know, can you tell us some, can you tell us, A, I guess, uh, let's go around the table and say, what was the most, you know, technologically interesting show that you've ever worked on? And or, and or you know, can you give us some tech horror stories uh, from the road you know, uh, from from the backstage. Can anybody? Okay, so let's. Who wants to start here? Okay, I'm going to start. Let's raise your radio hand. I'm, I'm going to start right oh. here because Adam. I have a great story because and and nobody's expecting this. So, uh, I, as I said, I studied theater here at University of Wisconsin. You studied theater, and I did a show called Orestes. <laughs> and if anybody remembers this, it actually was this this particular show took place in the UW Stock Pavilion, and I buried probably close to nearly a thousand feet of cable in hay and whatever else was on the floor to make the lighting happen for that show and I won a little fake award from the theater department for it because I don't think anybody else <laughs> would have put wow. that much cable in that smelly of a place under the 
feet of our Ooh. asterisk. Still tell the undergrads about that. Oh, my God. It was. <laughs> you didn't start any fires? No. Oh, no. Everything was safe. It was all planned out. I had actually gone and measured all of the cables and knew exactly how much length we needed to run it all. And we basically ran it all off of circuit breakers. You would click on and off circuit breakers, which is very fancy switches with overload protection. So, so okay. uh, Tom apparently has a, a, some sort of great tale here. Well, so I have, uh, I'm sure you have many. I have several uh, horror stories from things I've done over the years. Um, I mentioned a little bit earlier a, a mosque that we did lighting for. One of the things we do at ETC, it's not just theater lighting, although that's the core of our work. We do a, a lot of other interesting projects. And architectural lighting is something that you end up doing, which if you design a whole building, typically you have a lighting designer who goes in and plans the lighting for the entire building all in one shot. Exactly. Yeah. So this this particular building, we were we were providing the technology to match a design. It was a fascinating project to work on because the building uh, followed the, the lunar cycle. The lighting on the building would follow the lunar cycle because the uh, Islamic calendar is all based around the cycles of the moon. That's so cool. So it would vary depending on how much moonlight was coming exactly. in. Exactly. So when, when the moon was uh, you know, not, not showing, the building would be this very dark blue because it was uh, lit with uh, color-changing lights, uh, a variety of, of different lights. There were around... Uh, Three to four thousand exterior lighting fixtures pointing at the building. Oh my goodness! Well, that's incredible. It was, that's... it was a pretty incredible project, but uh, it it sounds ever so glamorous. But uh, those of us in the trenches find things aren't quite as nice as they were. They they sound well because if you have three thousand things, you have to provide electricity to three thousand. You things. have mm-hmm. to provide electricity to them, and because they can change color, you have to provide data to them as well. DMX. Correct. So there's an awful lot of wire, an awful lot of troubleshooting, and uh, I spent an awful lot of time sitting. My programming for this was done in an unair conditioned room, which was infested with sand flies. So I sat there for uh, over a month, uh, pushing buttons in a computer and being bitten by sand flies. Oh no! Yeah, oh really? And it was probably pretty toasty. It was very very hot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I could imagine that. Wow. Any any other war stories we care to fa- share here, Ooh. folks? Well, I'll pass it on to somebody else, and I'll think of a couple more. <laughs> I don't like war stories. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I well, like the stories where everything works out. Yes. Do you well, tell, us a, tell us a cool story. How about a really old story? There um, <laughs> when I was in high school, I had a very ambitious theatrical director, and she decided that her students should have a leading edge in technology that other high school students wouldn't get. So somehow, through the pulling of many strings and the calling in of many favors, we were able to do Godspell with, um, I think we had eight automated lighting fixtures. Wow. And a very old, very small ETC board. And we ran out of channels very quickly. (laughs) Yeah, because every, uh, you know, if you have a color-changing light fixture or you have an automated light fixture... Uh, a channel for those folks you don't know uh, historically has been something where you say I'm I'm one channel is one light so it goes from 0 to 100 from total darkness to full brightness but if you have a moving light fixture or you have something that has a red green and blue color you're at 3 or you're at 6 or you're at 8 or you're at 9 so the base data that Tom was talking about DMX has 512 channels to start so when you go out of most lighting boards you, you start at 512 channels and you use a, only a small segment of that. But if you can only if you only have so much board, you can only control so many fixtures. True. So 
That's that's kind of so cool. very small board. And that's how Zeta works. <laughs> well, you've got your pan, you've got your tilt, you have your color, sure. you have your textures, huh. and you've got all these things going. And, and as have... a high school student, being like oh, 16 yeah. or 17 at the time, I thought this was the just about the coolest thing ever. Oh, I'm sure it was. And so I snuck into our high school's PAC very late at night. Oh, no. I turned everything on. <laughs> I almost spent like... Five hours. You had a one-woman show. Making oh yeah, making all those <laughs> light fixtures race across the room and doing all. Oh, I had to have it do like uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was really big back then. So <laughs> they always had the, the sweeping lights. <laughs> right? The corners had it all sweep down. Whoosh! That, it was lots the, of very interesting moving light fixtures. As a on that young show. geek, it was oh, the highlight yeah. of my high school career. Oh yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take another break here. Before we uh, before we come back, I want to remind everyone that we're still trying to stump the geek. We haven't had any stumpers yet, so call in. If you call in, I mean, at this point, basically, if you call in, you'll probably be the only one, so you'll be guaranteed to, uh, to win a gift certificate to a local retailer. Before we do that, though, I want to make sure uh, that we get our story straight here, so I need to have one of our lovely guests read the disclaimers to make sure that uh, we disclaim everything that we've uh, just said. We'll disclaim it all. It's too late now, Ty. Disclaimer <laughs> one. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Disclaimer two. Products and services provided by the Division of Information Technology, a.k.a. DOIT, and other university departments, as well as drawings and giveaways, may only be available to students, faculty, staff, or those currently affiliated with UW-Madison. And last but not least, participants of this broadcast may offer opinions recommendation, or recommendations. However, they do not endorse, nor has any consideration been provided on behalf of the products or services discussed. Well, Thank you very, very much. Well done, Sasha. Thank, Thank you very you. much. All right, so call us in. Try to stump us. We will be right back with more Do It Live.
for Wisconsin's biggest moments, WSUM Sports was there. He's going to pass it out to Mike Walker. Five seconds left. No stars. No preseason expectations. This team came out of nowhere. Here they are, Big Ten champions, David. The fans are storming the court. Join players out there. Big Ten champions in 2008. Tim, what a great scene. As you said, no stars, but this team got the job done. For Wisconsin's biggest moments, WSUM is there. WSUM, 91.7 FM, Madison. What do you do when you're thirsty? What do you do when you're thirsty? Don't eat the pretzels. What do you do when you're thirsty? What do you do when you're thirsty? I don't know. What do you do when you're thirsty? I drink liquid. Hello, and welcome back to Do It Live. Tyler! Uh, yes, yes, welcome, welcome back. To, this is our theater production. Uh, it's good to see you here. Good Thank to see you, you so too. much, old Bean. I remember it well. It was the summer of 1847 when I saw Shakespeare for the first time. And it was the summer of 1997 when I saw Shakespeare for the second. <laughs> and what? so today we are... T- we're talking about the theater controls. So uh, anyway, to get to get out of my uh, mock British accent to stop uh, uh, infuriating our actual British person who is here. Um, you know, uh, it's true. I'm, I'm so sorry. So you didn't tell me there was going to be a, a guy that with an actual we, British accent, and now know. I feel like a jerk. Thanks, Adam. We didn't know. You know, I had this. I'd been practicing in the mirror for weeks. You know, <laughs> I'd been eating fish and chips constantly. It was uh, anyway. <gasps> anyway. Anyway, so we, we wanted to talk a little bit because we've been getting really theatrically, but one of the th- really cool things that's and it's sort of lighting related we wanted to talk about is video projection because that's the new hot thing because video projectors are inexpensive these days. That's true. Yeah, they're getting that way and much smaller. Yeah, and I, I actually have a personal story about this. Um, one of my friends uh, was uh, doing tech for a production at the high school here and, and they were doing Wizard of Oz and they wanted to build, you know, Oz. And so they said, well, how are we going to do this? Well, one of the people were like, well, let's cut up, uh, you know, uh, let's cut up the green um, uh, bottles with Mountain Dew in them and we'll put them against the wall and boom, there's Oz, you know. And and my friend was like, uh, we can do much better than this, trust me. So they put up uh, projectors and they did what's called rear projection where they project uh, an image from the back of the stage uh, onto like a white, you know, backdrop so it looks like it's in like it's a full color backdrop. And he, and he made the uh, projections inside of this uh, program uh, called True Space, which is basically a 3D rendering, 3D modeling program. So, and all of this stuff was done on the fly, you know, or I mean, most of the, you know, most of the transitions were done on the fly on the computers. So, you know, with today's technology, with this video projection and a video production, you can really create, you know, s- something that's a lot more techie, you know, than you'd think of a normal in theater. Normally, you'd think of backdrops would be the you know, kind of like uh, brick and mortar kind of things, right? You, you would think that, and um, I, I don't mean to make fun of Tom here, but the last time I was in London and saw some theater, the, everybody has projections now, either front or rear projections. It's a big part of the set. It's part of the action. Uh, actors interplay with the projections sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's very true. It's um, something that really over the, the recent years, just the power, the brightness available from the projectors has really become enough to cut through 
stage lighting. Now, that doesn't mean it's appropriate to use it for all stage productions. There are definitely cases where mm -hmm. it would be horrible and over-the-top to use projection. Um, but it's really just another tool in, in the toolbox, another effect that a designer can use to and, get what they want. And it's something that people can use or underuse or overuse, and that's all about how the production gets staged and all that's, the things that go on with it. That's very true, yeah. Designers now have more and more tools, so they have more and more responsibility to, to choose the right ones for the production they're working on. Well, while we were at the break, um, just to kind of jump uh, to a different subject here, we were talking. I mean, we were talking about horror stories, you know, uh, from the road, and I, there was a particularly funny one uh, that uh, I guess you know. Go ahead and share it with us here. Uh, yeah, well, I, I was telling these guys that um, you know a lot of the horror stories are are just based on the fact that we're playing with a lot of electricity, we're moving a lot of electricity quite a distance sometimes, that sort of stuff. And, you know, we, things catch on fire. A uh, friend of mine, people. actually, people catch on fire, he you know. Like, friend of mine doing? who's uh, also a, a UW-Madison theater grad, uh, does a lot of lighting stuff. He was telling us once that um, he really had no choice but to run some cabling through a water fountain Ew. and ended up killing all of the fish in there, just okay. electrocuting all of them. All right, and folks. Electricity and water do not mix. Not usually, no. Okay. Everybody out there, don't put cables in your pool. Yes, or, that was a bad idea. Or anything water-related. We want to tell you that. If you do hook it up to a GFCI... But, you know, lighting also doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to involve electricity all the time. You know, we've had some lighting designers that that uh, insist that actors hold candles sure. and stuff like that. You know, that kind of falls into the realm of lighting, you know, so it can be flexible. That's that's fun. Uh, and, and, you know, the other thing, too, is that you don't have to limit yourself, as you said, to something that's a lighting fixture or even a candle, but you can get props on stage you can get your table lamp to look like that and it's called a practical for all of you folks who don't know that that's that's the technical name for name for a prop that works does something on stage yeah so uh so your, your you, you, fireplace on a stage things like that mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's all practicals has there anybody has there ever been like like a real fireplace on stage where you're actually I mean, have you have you guys done any of that? Well, because I mean, you know, show, you, you don't start talking about like that. Though. You're talking about setting people on fire, and then you talk about fireplaces. I was just wondering if they were related or well, connected uh, somehow. Terry Bradshaw, actually, and another do it uh, guy, actually built a fireplace. I think it was for the Weir when we did that production. Oh. Or Bob and Terry were building yeah. that and uh, managed to wire it up such that the old peat in the in the old classic fireplace did start smoldering during oh, the production. Well, that's unfortunate if yeah, you both don't a, have it under control. Yeah, both a fire uh, a fireplace and a uh, a wood-burning stove. Yeah, we, stove. We took uh, took a couple to of touch. different uh, couple of different lighting instruments apart and just mounted the uh, the lamps inside of them and then um, yeah, the stove itself ended up being very very hot when we were all done. Excellent. Well, folks, we have gotten ourselves through another hour i think we're gonna have to do another show on on production and theater because we basically just talked about lighting all day today so, yeah, so, so sorry for the false advertisement anyway ty so good to be back thanks for being here and being with us and Teresa, thank you for coming in sure no problem hey uh john sasha bob tom and and, and steve is coming on i don't know we were on the bob and tom radio no, show we're not neither on the did bob i what <laughs> 
We're affiliates. We're picked up officially. Uh, yay. All right. Anyhow, we wanted to give out special thanks to our management team at the Division of Information Technology. Perry Brunelli, Edward Hoover, Brian Kister, Jack Lee Pack, Ty Leto, Neil Mack, Howie Mead, Mark Nessel, Brian Rust, and Bill Zimmerman. And Ryan Hansen is not on our list, but we need to give him credit, too. Thanks, Ryan. And uh, the Director of User Services is Kathy O'Brien. Do its Chief Operating Officer is John Krogman. And our Interim CIO and Vice Provost for Information Technology is Joanne Berg. Today's broadcast was produced by Ty Christian and Adam Wiesenfarth and Sandy Cyberlick. Our associate producers are Laura, Laura Grady and Nathan Cohen, with assistance from Dan Collins, Matthew Sirianni, and the Nates, Harrison Weber, and Zastro. Our honor producer and director of e-communications is Matt Rockwell, and our music theme is from Conan. The executive producer of Do It Live is Jesse LeGru. Next week, uh, next week, what do we got, Adam? Uh, I don't know. We're going to do some sort of thing on the radio right here at 2 o'clock on 91.7 <laughs> FM. It'll be w- WSUM, the snake on the lake. Please join us then and go to our website, www.doit.wist.edu forward slash radio. Give us a call when we're not on air, 515-8768. We'll take your voicemail and answer your questions. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a good week. The flags go down, the fans get up, and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down, and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going the distance. He's going for Of doubt and remorse Assail him, impale him With monster truck force In his mind he's still driving Still making the grade She's hoping in time That her memories will fade Cause he's racing and pacing And plotting the course He's fighting and fighting And riding on his horse The sun has gone down